I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleich. We are part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today, he's back. It's McKelly Barra. How's it going? Well, uh, it's terrible because according to JJ Reddick, we are all slaves of Twitter. And so I'm preparing to quit the social network myself. <laughs> no, that's that's not true. But yeah. Um, so yesterday we were supposed to do a podcast and our, our days were just kind of messy. There was just a lot going on and I had a last minute meeting. And so I kind of, I have an announcement that, um, so I, the meeting I had was with CBS sports radio here in Oklahoma city, 105.3. And mm-hmm. I'll be doing, uh, my own NBA and thunder show on Thursday Whoa. nights, uh, from six to eight. So 105.3 will start on October 11th. So be sure that you are listening. Uh, I'll be able to take callers on this show. Uh, So really excited about that. So stay tuned for more information about that. Uh, And then another announcement, something I was working on yesterday. On October 13th, which is a Saturday, we have this very ambitious idea that I promise you it's a lot less ambitious than it was uh, at its inception, but we are going to do a podcast at the press on their new patio, which is just gorgeous. We're going to do a seven hour show at the press. (laughs) So for our seventh thunder season, we are going to do a seven hour show. We will be posted up on the patio at the press from seven or no, from not from seven, from 10 a.m. until 5 p.m. And we are going to try to bring in a guest every hour that you guys know. Somebody that has a lot of thunder knowledge will be coming to the press every hour. Uh, and feel free to just come and hang out with us. You can come hang out with us in the morning and have some brunch. You can come with us, come eat, you know, lunch or dinner or whatever. Just come hang out with us that day. If you'd like to stay the whole seven hours, I'm not going to stop you, but that's a long time. Um, but we wanted to do something big for our seventh season, and this is it. So the press on October 13th, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and then after that, we're going to have uh, an after party at Anthem Brewing Company uh, starting at 7 p.m. So whatever time you can make it on that Saturday, there's no OU football that day. I'll clarify that so that people that usually uh, watch the OU game on that, on Saturdays, there's no OU game. So no excuses. Come watch uh, us do a podcast. Come hang out with us. If you've been a longtime listener, uh, there may be even a chance that you can get on the podcast for a few minutes too. So please come join us October 13th. So yes, there's a lot of reasons yesterday that we didn't do a podcast, um, but we're going to do it today. 
Well, this is this is great, Andrew. Um, I think it's a bit too late for me to uh, book a plane ticket <laughs> oh <my laughs> and get there, uh, so I cannot promise that. But um, yeah, this sounds this sounds great. I mean, I'm happy for you at CBS, and of course, fans will love the. Uh, seven hour pod. Uh, are you trying to to bring like a backup voice, like something to uh, help you, like after two or three hours, <laughs> like a machine or something? I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. To be honest, it's it's an ambitious idea, and we'll we'll probably talk more about it on Friday about what the the first idea was. But uh, we're excited about it. So the Thunder played themselves in a blue and white scrimmage on Sunday afternoon. Uh, I think there's some things that we can take away from this. Michele, what's what are some of your takeaways? Well, it's um, season number three for, for Billy. And the last three years, um, the starter unit was the one that started in the blue and white scrimmage. Um, and so, yeah, I think that as many other guys said uh, recently that Pedersen has really a chance uh, to be the starting power forward. And to be honest, he looked amazing. Like, yeah. not, not just the shots. Um, he was, like, wide open all the time. But the fact that he was active, he was fast, he was, was in great shape. And um, as you said many times, like, he's transforming his body and I really think that he fits with what um, OKC wants to do which is run um, too bad we didn't see Alex Sabrinas uh, to to get a glimpse of who uh, will start um, if Robertson is not ready to go which is mm-hmm. li- likely um, but yeah I mean it was a fun game for the first like 18 to 20 seconds and then it was a mess but I tried to watch every bit of it like with distractions, but everything. Yeah, yeah. I I'll echo your your sentiment with Patterson. Uh, guys will shoot like that every once in a while. Like Terrence Ferguson will have nights like that. Uh, TLC will have nights like that where they shoot five, six, and three. But really, it's just the way he moved on the court, mm-hmm. uh, and you could really see the difference in his physique when he was out there. Uh, so I think that's to fear a Thunder fan. You got to be really excited about that because there's your, to me, there's your mellow replacement, a guy that's going to be low usage. That's going to take the right kind of shots. He's going to move the ball. He's going to play defense and he's not going to grumble if he's not playing at the end of games, which to me is very exciting. <laughs> you can have guys that are going to fit into whatever role you want them to. Yeah, I mean, uh, it almost seems that uh, Tupac stole all the talent from Jeremy Grant, which was probably the worst player of the regular guys. <laughs> yeah. he, he was he was actually weird, uh, like taking bad shots and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, he was playing. He was probably pissed uh, because he was playing with D-leaguers and there were there was like no way uh, for him to be engaged in that. Probably that was Donovan uh, giving him some detention for something that he did in practice. I don't know. Like uh, it was so weird. Um, but on the other hand, I mean, there's another guy which I was amazed by, and it's Dennis Schroeder. I mean, yeah. he really played well, and everything I want, uh, I wanted for him from him to see, I saw. Uh, on the like on a very very um, low level setting and whatever, but he was a under control, b 
present on screens, uh, no matter who was the screener. Uh, I'm talking about about defense, and he didn't force anything. Probably one mid range shot, which was open. So, I mean, if that is the idea of of Schroeder that we uh, will have during the season, like a guy that has chemistry with Steven Adams that can find Paul George at will, uh, that is a very, very good get uh, by the Thunder, which, according to sources, still lost the mellow trade. <laughs> right. Yeah, they, they should have just waved him and stretched him. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was really amazed by Schroeder. And everything you said... Is just so right. I mean, his patience as a pick and roll ball handler, I just, I, I don't know. I guess I just didn't expect to see that. And a lot of it is that he does already have some chemistry with Steven Adams and that Steve is such a good screen setter. And really, I, I don't know. Steve is so underrated. I thought he was awesome. He didn't put up any eye popping numbers the other night or the other, I guess the other afternoon, but his just ability to do the little things like set a good screen. I thought his defense was solid. I thought that he just, he just does everything in the correct way. And I think that that is something that is probably undervalued at the NBA level is having a center like that, that is just so solid and does everything that you want him to do. And he may not score a ton. He had 13 points and six boards, uh, which is, you know, it's, it's fine, but everything else I thought was eye popping to me and mm-hmm. the, the way that he helped control the game, just as much as Schroeder was controlling the game with his passing. I mean, Steve was helping control the game with his ability to just wall off the defenders. I mean, I, I just, yeah. I thought that he was fantastic. I'd like to thank Andy's frozen custard for sponsoring today's show. If you haven't been to Andy's, then you don't know that they make their custard fresh hour by hour. You can watch it being made right through the window. It is incredibly fresh, very delicious. And right now, this is one of my favorite times of the year because you can get a pumpkin pie concrete. They literally slice a piece of pie, place it in a cup, put vanilla frozen custard, mix it all together. You'll get bites of just the the pie filling with the vanilla frozen custard. You'll get bites with the crust in it. It's just, oh, it's so good. You've got to go try this specialty concrete while it's available. Andy's frozen custard is in Oklahoma City. They have locations in Texas, uh, Kansas, Missouri, all throughout the country. I know there's Arizona, there's some of the East Coast, a lot in the South. So if you live in any of those areas and you have an Andy's close to you, you need to go. Support the people that support Down to Dunk and eat at Andy's Frozen Custard. Yeah, and then we had like a um, crazy good performance by PG, which it was not the news of the night, which is a great thing for OKC. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, in this setting, PG can score like 40 probably uh, if he wants to. Oh, yeah. But the fact that he was just like a cherry on the top of the cake it's great because I mean, we know that probably PG had uh, sort of an un- like underwhelming season um, last year, um, but he's a great player. 
the, the things that we don't know is how other guys will will do uh, in this season. And the first things that we saw from from Dennis, um, from Patterson, that is. He's a transformed player. And even like Sparks from Diallo, from TLC, even from Deante. Um, so, I mean, it was fun. I am very much forward looking um, to this uh, Detroit game, uh, which I hope is on League Pass uh, so that I can see it. Um, can you not see it, it on the it, Thunder app? I don't know, but I will probably not be awake uh, yeah. for the game. And so I hope so it is uh, 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 DVR uh, mm-hmm. on my International League Pass. Mm-hmm. Well, Phoenix, for example, tonight wasn't, so I had to, to, to oh, look really? at the contents. Yeah, we'll see. Huh. I hope it's, uh, it is on League Pass. Yeah, I, I want to talk about the wings now. I, mm-hmm. I think that there were, like, Deontay Burton... TLC, uh, Ferguson got hurt. He has, he, he bruised his shoulder and he's going to be fine. Uh, Diallo, which one of those guys impressed you the most? Because that's, that's really who we saw the most was Burton, TLC, Diallo on the wing. Which one of those guys was most impressive? Um, well, I think uh, for two different reasons, I I really liked what uh, Diallo brought to the court because I didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. Like he's very active. Um, again, you cannot re- read too much on defense, um, but he was solid on that end for uh, for the setting. Again, uh, all the things we say today are really related to the fact that it was a like an exhibition game, not a real game. Um, TLC was fine. Um, nothing too uh, flashy from him. Uh, from the under, I mean, the shots is scary because there's no consistency, consistency there. I mean, the first two were really off. Then he made two, if I remember correctly. Uh, but the passing and the ability to find the open man is what really interests. Um, it is really interesting for me um, because... OKC really needs guys that can make the next play, not just a play from themselves, but a play inside the flow of the game. And that, I think, is the best part of uh, Deontay Burton, because he can really look into the next pass, even before he has the ball in his hands. Um, will he going to make, is he going to make the roster? I am not sure. I would not bet on that, um, mainly because it makes more sense today to keep the roster spot open. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he was, uh, the two were really, really interesting to me. Yeah. And I, I love the way that Deontay defended Paul George when he did. I, th- yeah. I thought that that was interesting. I think there's a lot of things that you really can't take away from this game because like you said, this is a, this is a scrimmage and you're playing the guys that are on your team and like the rotations outside of Patterson. I'm just not sure what you can really take away from the rotations, quote unquote. Um, well, you can take away that the rotations are weird from the first game of the season and probably will continue to be extremely weird. Yeah. Like, the starting units were like, what is it? Like, D-League against the Thunder? Why? And then they mixed right. up. I don't know. That's That was, like, nonsensical. But anyway, it's feeling. <laughs> I think he wants, I mean, he wants to get some cohesion with those guys as much as he can, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it. Yeah. I think it was kind of like, the white team, that's the thunder. And the blue team, that's the blue. 
right? Plus detention, Jeremy. Plus, plus Jeremy Grant in detention because it really, it really was. And they moved guys over to the white team, which means like you you graduated to the Thunder. It was weird. It's a weird game. Is again, like I feel like you can take. Here's the things that I take away from it. Patterson uh, looks incredible, and I'd be shocked if he wasn't the starter. Uh, Dennis Schroeder was really good and under control, and it gives me hope that the Thunder, when Russell's back, can have a nice, consistent 48 minutes of basketball where they don't fall off a cliff in the middle of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Nerlens was solid and showed yeah. a little bit more than than I thought he had. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I mean, the passing in the shots? Yeah, mostly that mid-range shot looked really mm-hmm. easy for him. Yeah, easy as a move, yeah. So, uh, and then probably Deontay Burton, Hamadou Diallo, like in like in in one thought that, huh, like there's something there with both of them. Yeah. And, and like Diallo, every time that I see him play, he shows me more than I think he has. And I'm, I'm really excited for him. I'm excited for what the competition looks like between he and Ferguson. Uh, Cause I, I do think that they're probably close in terms of talent. Uh, Ferguson obviously has a leg up on him as when it comes to experience mm-hmm. and, you know, probably and shooting. his body and shooting, of course. Uh, but we we all know that shooting doesn't matter to the Thunder as much as it should. <laughs> like seriously, seriously, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. I wish it wasn't a joke, and I wish that that wasn't a thing because I think that the Thunder undervalue shooting uh, to like a really gross degree. I just <laughs> I, I don't like it. But I think that the Thunder are g- going to really like this guy, and there's a reason they traded for him. There's a reason that they gave him the contract they did is that they see the potential as a defender, as an athlete. And if he can learn to shoot, uh, which to me is kind of a big if, like, man, they really found somebody in the second round, which is not an easy thing to do. So it's a big-time competition between those two for the next several years because they kind of have similar contracts, the way that they're structured. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be it's going to be a big time competition for minutes for those guys, because once Andre's back, there's not a lot of minutes to be had. And so I think it's going to cause them to really compete uh, for that spot. And, you know, Ferguson, I think Ferguson will end up being the guy, Uh, Mm -hmm. but I've seen a lot from Diallo that it wouldn't surprise me if it was him. Yeah, and in a contest between Ferguson and Diallo, probably the one who uh, who loses everything is Alex Sabrinas, um, because that seems to be the mold with uh, with OKC last season and two seasons ago. Yeah. Uh, jokes apart, uh, have you seen the video um, of the um, uh, like the fact that Alex spent uh, the summer in Spain um, with Coach Darko uh, training? Mm-hmm. I found it really interesting what uh, what the coach said, which is you have to be faster on 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 the break because if you can reach the corner at the same time that Russ is at the top of the key, you will have like a ton of corner trees. Mm-hmm. And like it's it's a very simple concept. Don't get me wrong, but the fact that the emphasis was not on just on defense, but on the fact to be fast on the break. 
to open the uh, the floor for trees. Uh, it's really important. If that is the focus of OKC uh, this season, this is a great, great news. Um, and in the scrimmage, like, I know that the defense basically left them open all the time, but the emphasis was play fast plus take threes. And yeah. I wonder if that is a thing. Even, even Schroeder, um, at a certain point, he didn't have to take a three, uh, but he was quite open and he took it well, like with no hesitation. Mm-hmm. Um, I really... I really hope that this is a sign of things that they want to do this season. Like they want to be fast and they want to shoot early from three. Uh, not like any shot, but good shots, like semi-open shots from three. Um, because they can count uh, on the fact that Adams will take down rebounds. Mm-hmm. And if you take great shots early in the clock, um, that is something that can help your offense a lot. Because you're generating early threes uh especially um if we uh if they can be as fast as for us uh, especially from the corners which is something that okc didn't have last season i'd like to thank early upgrade for sponsoring today's show earlyupgrade.com if you are a business owner or you're a manager of a big group of people and they're just frankly complaining about their phones or tablets that they have from the company that they're not, they don't have good battery life or they can't update. Uh, early upgrade is the company that you need to contact. They will get good devices in the hands of your employees quickly. They will give you value for all of your devices, uh, your previous devices, even if they're unusable. And so the people of early upgrade are the ones to go to. They're trustworthy. They've been around for nine years. They're nationwide. So if you're anywhere in the country listening to this, Early Upgrade can help you. And also, they're Thunder fans. And so you know that they're good people. So support the people that support Down to Dunk and visit earlyupgrade.com. Yeah. And to me, all of that screams that Alex Abrinas needs to be ahead in the rotation of Ferguson and Diallo. I, oh, I, yeah. he showed, you can make a you can make a bigger case. He showed an he showed that. enough to me on the defensive end last season mm-hmm. that his shooting he's a knockdown shooter. Those other guys are not, and he needs. I just feel like he needs his chance. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to play this way, I feel I feel like he's the guy that's best suited to be out there. And I hope he gets a chance to. I hope those back spasms aren't anything serious. And it's hard to read into. I mean, they pulled Ferguson when he could have probably played the rest of the game. If it was a meaningful game yeah. and they needed him, he would have played. And so it's it's tough to know. Even in the whole preseason, it's tough to know. Uh, but I hope that we get to see Abrinas play uh, against Detroit. And it'll be interesting to see, is it, is it going to be Ferguson starting again? Or are they going to slot Abrinas in that spot? Mm-hmm. Because I think that since, really, the moment they acquired Patterson, we had kind of wanted to see what it looked like with Abrinas and Patterson out there with the other three guys. And yeah. we haven't had a chance to see that, really, at all. And so, I think... I think that this squad can handle that load defensively. And I think that Alex's improvement is big enough to where you can put him out there with the starters against a lot of teams, especially a team like Detroit. Like Detroit doesn't have anybody that's going to be so threatening on the perimeter that they've got to 
have a crazy defender out there. Uh, and so space the floor, give give Russell or Schroeder the, the space that they need to operate. And you know, let's see what the ceiling is of the Thunder offense because I don't think that we've seen it under since Kevin Durant left, I don't think that we've seen what the ceiling is of a Russ led offense. I think that we've seen mm-hmm. Russ take too many shots. Um, and a lot of times out of necessity, he's had to take too many shots. And so I want to see what it's like when he has the space to get to the rim. And really at this point, it's, it's going to be forcing defenses to make quick decisions. That's what Russell does is that he just forces the defense to make a decision and then he's got to make the right choice. And so I'm excited to see what that looks like if they can put enough shooting around, around him, because I, I think that the results could be kind of eye opening. Yeah. And like I had this idea, which is probably stupid. Um, but I'm already picturing, uh, lineups in my mind. Like imagine, okay. See, starting with, um, uh, with that lineup, with Abrinas and Patterson um, as uh, your starters, and and then you basically sub out PG Adams, uh, and you bring in a unit where you have two ball handlers and three extremely good defenders like um, uh, Russ Schroeder, um, Grant Robertson, and, and Noel. Like this, this unit cannot score, but I bet any second unit to score against these guys like stop the flow completely um and then uh you 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 plug in again some shooters uh you plug in a unit with uh shooter um adams and, and and paul george that will bring up the offense again because russ by himself if you put him with four good defenders he will score no matter how and no matter what he will manufacture point for him, uh, like give him a good screener in Noel. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you have shooters or not. He will be able to score against most second units. Mm-hmm. And, but like that unit is so good defensively that I think it can work. Like even if you don't start Robertson and you like finish with him, if things uh, are like... Uh, problematic on defense i think you can get values and i know that um for like dream team subscribers that royce said what is the value of a guy like robertson in a second unit well most of the second unit as of now have at least a very good score like portland cj mccallum harden leads the second unit for phoenix or for uh, um, houston or cp3 uh, like golden state probably has either kd or, or curry uh, or thompson as a lead uh, guy in the second unit. So if you stop that guy, and it's easier because it's usually one guy that leads the second unit, you can get value out of Robertson, even with the second unit. And so I wonder if the plus shooting that you get in the first six minutes of the game, uh, plus the fact that you uh, like you basically impose a way to play early, I, I wonder if that is a thing that can work. I am positive we will never see it, but at least it's it's a uh, it's a good thought to have. I think. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's something that we've talked about for a long time is Dre being your utility guy off the bench, and mm-hmm. then closing lineups and, and whatnot. But 
you're right. It's not ever going to happen. <laughs> just won't. I mean, they, they've shown since, you know, for the last 11 years that they're going to play defensive minded too. They're just going to. And it seems like a Sam thing, right? It seems like a, like a thunder culture mm-hmm. thing to have a mm-hmm. guy next to Russell that can really defend and you just pray that he can become an offensive player. And with Andre, and we can, I guess we can discuss this now, his shooting, uh, and just pray that he can hit shots. And Dre's never really been able to do that. He's done it in certain circumstances, like he played really well in the 2017 playoffs, um, which is great, uh, but that's not sustainable. And mm-hmm. we've recently seen some footage of him hitting threes in an empty gym, which I think is uh, incredibly misleading to people for a lot of reasons. How, how many shots have you have you watched? <laughs> like twelve, maybe. Does the does the replay on the video counts or like different shots? <laughs> uh, I'm counting the replays. Okay, and it looks really good. He just keeps hitting the shots, McKelly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I. So here's the thing with Dre: it's never been about the talent. It's never been about the form. It's been about m- mentally: is he there and can he do it? Because he's he's hit a good amount of free throws, and he'll sit and hit free throws all day in practice. And honestly, it couldn't mean less until he can mentally get over that hurdle in front of an NBA crowd, in front of NBA opponents. Is he going to be able to hit those shots? And to me, I I just need to see it before I believe it. Uh, he could hit a hundred threes in a row in practice, and I still well, and well, I still well. say. Honestly, I still think that mentally he's got to get over that hurdle because I do think that it's like a stage fright kind of thing. Well, if like a hundred is a lot, but they get the point. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, I, I just yeah. think that it's, it's different. It's totally different. And whenever you're doing something like right now, I'm sitting in my house, uh, in our office at a table doing a podcast. If you put me in front of, you know, a thousand people, I would be, it would be different. You know, I would, I would talk differently. I'd be nervous. I'd probably talk louder. It would just be different. And whenever he's shooting in an empty gym with his coach that he's comfortable with feeding him, the ball is way different than whenever you're in a game with defenders around Russell's throwing you this bullet pass and the whole world in the Chesapeake Energy Arena, on TV, you know that everybody's watching you, and you're—he's just going to clank the three off the side of the rim. Like you just—that's just how. To me, I just—I'm not going to believe it until I see it. I just will not until I see it in game. Until I see it in game over the course of you know thirty or forty games, well, I won't believe it. By the way, um, pl- plug-in stuff. Russ throws really great passes. You should check. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of you have heard about this research. It's on the OKC Dream Team page on patreon.com backslash OKC Dream Team. But Kelly's done some tremendous work um, on Russell Westbrook's passing accuracy. 
and compared him to John Wall, and we have more of that coming. And so if you are interested in finding arguments to use with people about Russell's passing accuracy, and if he is an accurate passer, you need to subscribe. We have the data there uh, in a PDF form, and then McKelly and I recorded a podcast explaining the data and kind of talking through it some uh, it's really, it's, to me, it's groundbreaking research that I've never seen or heard of. It'll make you think of passing in a way that you've never had before. And so yeah. you've got to can we really take, go look at it. Can we take like 30 seconds to explain uh, for people who are not yet subscribers uh, what, like how I did the research? Like not spoiling any numbers, but I yeah. think that no, yeah, go it, ahead. it can help. It can help. Like I basically watched a uh, hundred of clips of the players. Um, for now it's two, but again, there are a few other players that we are uh, targeting. Um, and I, I just counted all the passes that were on the shooting pocket, which is to me um, from like your mouth, to uh, your waist, basically. In certain conditions, like if the pass is extremely long or if the shooter likes the ball a tad higher or a tad lower, I may, like, after watching, uh, like, a ton of clips, you realize those stuff and you can include that as a good passes. And so... I just took the number of good passes, the number of passes that were off target, and um, put them in positions on the floor and respect to players and to uh, situations like pick and roll, isolation, or post-ups. This is just me watching clips and me uh, uh, taking notes of which passes were good or not. So there is um, not... I, I, there's not much left to interpretations. Like, either the ball is there or it's not. And so... Um, yeah, I hope I hope you like uh, what I did. Yeah, it's it's really incredible, and you know some people complain about it being behind a paywall. I get it, um, but we have to find a way to compensate McKelly for his work, and so this is a way for us to do that. And so, if you guys want to support McKelly, and if you want to support uh, the work that he does and the amount of work that he's done. An easy way to do that is to subscribe to that show. So we didn't really mean to do like an ad for for all this, but I think <laughs> it is important for people to know um, about it. Uh, so back to Dre, do you think that he's going to be a fifty percent three point shooter this year? Is the question? Uh, it depends. How many shots? Like two, probably. Right. That's, that's likely <laughs> that he will hit at least one. Um, I I don't know. I I still think that the focus of the Thunder will not be to create shots for him. And he will probably be less and less of a shooter um, in terms of amounts of shots that he will take. Um, maybe, maybe his percentage from three will raise a bit uh, from last season, like uh, 30, low 30s. Um, I think the focus of OKC like last season was to give him like certain kind of shots and to put him in different different position of the floor to avoid him staying in the corner or mm-hmm. uh, like on the weak side. Because I think if you use Dre like that, it's basically no use. Um, right. it's, it's, it's not the way you should use a guy like him because he's a great screener, he's a great offensive rebounder, which can help a lot. Um, 
with, with what OKC wants to do. Um, and so I think he will probably take less than a three a game. And maybe uh, if this year goes well in terms of percentage and he feels more comfortable taking those, maybe um, uh, like in the second part of the season, he will take more. But again, I, I don't expect him to be a shooter. I expect his free throw percentage to raise. That I expect. I fully expect. Um, there are less hitch on um and hesitations um, in his shot, from what I saw, uh, it seems that he worked on the um, follow through a bit. And the fact that, like, Robinson had like a very stiff um, uh, mechanics, it seems a tad smoother. And so that can help uh, in free throw settings. So maybe he will crack 40. <laughs> crack 40. <laughs> if he, I mean, if he could be a 60% free throw shooter. Nah which is asking a lot. Yeah. I'm just saying if he could. Oh yeah. Then you're talking about oh. a, a guy his value just balloons, right? Yeah, you you cannot like the um, one of the problems uh in close games is that you cannot have him out there before the uh, two minute mark. Mm -hmm. And so um, if he goes like 55, uh, which is again, do the math, it's a percentage, uh, like it it, uh, represents like 110 offensive rating basically. Uh, So under that, you can gamble. Uh, Above that, you will not gamble on a free throw shooter. And so, yeah, Uh, if you can crack 55 uh, with like two or three free throws a game, I think it's, uh, it could be like groundbreaking for him. Yeah. And to me, it's all mental. Like mm-hmm. I, he can make those shots. Like that's making the shot is not the hurdle. In my opinion, it's mentally. Can he lock in and, and not get frozen out, you know, by the other team? Because to me, that was it. Like whenever he knew they were going to foul him, like mentally he was washed. <laughs> It was it was just over. He was scared. He was. And can he get out of that? Can he get out of that mentality? Uh, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. And we will find out uh, this season. So that's an interesting storyline to kind of watch for. Okay, McKelly, we asked for some questions. Mm -hmm. Um, As always, our listeners delivered. First is from at Rye Hendrickson. Are the Thunder finally in position to supplant San Antonio as the dominant small market team in today's NBA with the changing of the guard in San Antonio and having Russ and PG locked up long-term in OKC? I'd like to think so. What are your thoughts? Uh, Like, rings count. Mm -hmm. So, um, if you... If you take like the last three years uh, where San Antonio didn't um, want anything, didn't win anything, then yes, OKC was better than San Antonio probably. Um, but who knows? I mean, in the future, future it looked like uh, that OKC is better suited to have uh, a run to the at least Eastern Conference Finals uh, than what San Antonio has. Uh, but man, the history is still too recent to say that uh, OKC can overcome like San Antonio as a the small market darling. I think San Antonio will be thought as the best small market small market team for a while. Yeah, I agree with that. 
that they're going to need to win a title for it to, for them to like supplant them. I think they're clearly better and you could argue that there's been a lot of years they've been better than San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like don't sleep on the Spurs this year. Like they could be good. Like that could be a yeah. that could be a good solid team that if if things don't go right for the Thunder, there's a small chance San Antonio wins more games than OKC, you know? Like that's mm-hmm. that's a possibility. And so it it's to me it's, it takes a lot to get there because like you said, like they've proven so much when it comes to winning titles and things like that. And if the Thunder can somehow do that in the next three years, then I think you could say yeah. But as far as like quote unquote dominant, man, it's it's tough to be dominant in this NBA if you're not the Golden State Warriors. So um, I think I, I understand where Ryan's coming from. I think they're a better team. I think they have a better future. Uh, than San Antonio does certainly and if you were to pick a team moving forward for the next three years I think that you definitely pick the Thunder um, but uh, to me it, it takes a lot more to get there than just having a, a good stretch um, but the Thunder have they have put together a solid uh, it will be 11 seasons um, which is important mm-hmm. but the, the Spurs are at like 20 plus so yeah. you know it's 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 hard to get there uh from at my bud hole which is a great great mm-hmm. twitter handle um did kevin hervey play in the blue and white game i didn't see him no he didn't uh, i don't know really what the status of kevin hervey is to be honest i my guess is that he'll be on the blue um but i don't know if his agent's trying to work out something else to get him somewhere where he can make more money i don't know i don't know the status of him um do you have anything to add to that no i was i was just searching a real gm to Mm -hmm. to see if there is anything out there it doesn't sound like that yeah no uh from at jay stigelmeyer did you guys notice houston's d impede the spurs preseason game will he ever play in the nba again well that's a tough one i don't know it looked like a guy uh, yeah. 12 months ago. He doesn't look like a guy today. Yeah. Uh, um, it's sad. Um, he he really had like trust issues uh, on the court. Mm-hmm. Like, he wasn't... Um, it's, it's like Dre, but I think worse than Dre because he couldn't really find a rhythm on offense on anything, basically. Right. So I, I hope he, he gets... Like, Europe is not... It's not bad. Like no. um, you will see more uh, about that with Luca, but um, which, by the way, looked awesome against um, probably a less than a GD team. But uh, <laughs> like, um, uh, like there are teams in Europe that that could boost uh, Josh's confidence on, on his basketball tools. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I hope for him to land in a good EuroLeague team and try to, to make, to, to like, you can come back to the NBA if you have like a successful career in Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he can, yeah, you're right. It is similar to Dre and that it is kind of like a, it seems like a little bit scared, right? Mm-hmm. Like he got the head, the ball in the corner and he had a clear lane to the rim and he just couldn't put together a, a drive to get there. And a lot of that is trusting himself, feeling confident on the court, things like that. I mean, a lot of times we like to take the human element out of basketball. Uh, 
but to me like with Dre and with Eustace it's definitely like these like very human things that just are plaguing them um, mm-hmm. so yeah I hope he does he's, he's a really really good dude um, but there's a there's a lot of wings on that roster that probably deserve time over him and so I, I would be a little surprised if he made that team and if he was on another NBA team in the next few years. But yeah, I think the Euro league is a good, a good option for him. Uh, at ball hard D waiters. He asks, do you think it would be better to compare Westbrook's passing accuracy to Chris Paul's when he was with the Clippers because they were working with comparable spacing? My guess is that Harden is a better passer than Westbrook, but Houston's spacing could be conf- a confounding variable. Hey, stay tuned, ball hard D waiters, because we're going to have data on this soon uh, to discuss. So just just stay tuned. Make sure you're subscribed to the Dream Team, and you'll be able to see it um, at Josie Cook. It's obviously too early, but who do you like in a playoff series rematch of last year, the Jazz or the Thunder? Uh, I think that one uh, issue with the Jazz was the bench. Um, if the bench is better, I think that OKC has an edge, a real edge, uh, um, because of the talent and because of the fact that you don't have um, a guy that doesn't play defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it was like um, a forward, like <laughs> sort of a small forward. Uh, like he feels himself like a small forward, but tries to play the forward, play the forward. It didn't end particularly well, but he's in a better place now. So yeah, <laughs> that, we yeah. don't have that guy. It's and an so, interesting question because yeah. it's like, how much do you believe in the changes the Thunder made over the off season? Because the Jazz really didn't make any changes. Like they, they added Grayson Allen. I like that's it, right? And they have year two of Donovan Mitchell, which yeah, will and, be will be great. Yeah, yeah. And how much? And you know, the Thunder have Paul George, who was not healthy in the playoffs. Um, they have obviously a healthier, better starting four with Patrick Patterson, who can defend, and they have Schroeder who has traditionally lit up the jazz when he's played for the Hawks. And so that kind of guy, I think is tough for you put a lot of pressure on that jazz defense for 48 minutes when you have Schroeder and Westbrook. And so, yeah, I think it's close. Uh, I still think it's close, but I'm, I'm with mm-hmm. you that I give the thunder an edge uh, just because now they have a couple guys that can create off the dribble um, I think that you have a healthy version of Paul George, and I think that that maybe you can get more than just one game out of Paul, out of Paul George as a score and a guy that puts pressure on the defense because he just kind of he was a shell of himself by the end of that series, uh, which I think looking back you can say like wow that it's it's probably attributed a lot to that elbow. Um, mm-hmm. And probably his knee too, because he in that in the game six he was he was timid. He did not look like himself, and it was a strange experience to, to be honest. And so, if he can maintain health throughout the course of a season, 
even with a, a Donovan Mitchell that has more experience and maybe more cohesion with that Jazz team, because they're like their training camp, they're just doing the same stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. they're just going to get better at it. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think that you give a slight edge to the Thunder, but it's man, that Jazz team is good. They're they're scary. Yeah, I mean, they are to me. Uh, the Jazz are clearly a top four team in the West. Yeah, uh, clearly. And they will probably win like 52, 53, 54, I don't know, something like that. I'm, I'm really high on the Jazz. Um, and I I may reach and tell you that I think that the Jazz could have like a, a season that is as great as the one that Houston will have. I really think that they are built for the regular season if Rudy is healthy because they can shut down any... Um, offense basically mm-hmm. and so yeah i really like the jazz but like last year um it was a, like a confusing series to me uh russ played bad it wasn't healthy um okay he didn't have robertson and and then the, like the defense factor was huge like Donovan mitchell basically score at will um in pick and rolls so we'll see um we'll see yeah yeah and gobert's health is a question because he oh, played. Yeah. So 2016-17, he did play almost every game. Um, but every other season, he seems to have injury issues. He only played 56 games last season, 15-16, 61 games. Uh, so we'll see. I, I don't I don't know. May, maybe he'll be healthy this season. I have no idea. But yeah, they their team hinges on, on his health, certainly. Uh, okay. A couple questions from at Johnny Ho 34. Is there an international play rule that you'd like to see uh, the NBA adopt, McKelly? Yeah. Um, I think uh, that the one that in Europe um, makes the game more, more fun is the ability to, um, you can touch the ball as soon as it touches the rim. So, on a free throw, for example, if it touches the, if you bounce on the rim, you can, you can slap it away, and so there is no continuation on the shot. Um, even if the ball is uh, in the circle, it doesn't matter. It makes like the the rule of like um, uh, how's it called uh, in English? Um, Goaltending. Uh, yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it makes the goaltending rule basically non-existent. Um, you can you can really dunk the ball as soon as it touches, it, it bounces off the rim, and I think it makes the game more spectacular, more easy to referee because as soon as the ball touches the rim, you can do whatever you want mm-hmm. uh, without like being on the circle and stuff like that. And it makes like you, you see athletes jump and do stuff with the ball that are crazy. Like and yeah, I think that will actually increase the speed of the game and I don't see many downside like why a shot that bounce like 37 times on the rim is is a good shot I don't know yeah Gobert would dominate if the, yeah he would yeah like he's, he's already he's, he's already dominant as a defender but if that rule was gone I mean it would I think I'd give the jazz like two more wins maybe <laughs> because I think that, that would, yeah be very helpful do you like the rule uh yeah i think that it would make things very interesting and i think for guys even like russell and paul george who are these crazy athletes like the minute that that ball hits the rim like you just go go get it you know yeah um so it would i think it would make the game more exciting certainly because you're not sitting there like waiting 
Um, I also think that it would take away a lot from guys like Kevin Love who are like incredibly patient on the boards and know those angles and stuff but aren't super athletic. Um, yeah. They'd take away from guys like that. But I, I like the idea. I think it would be be super fun and interesting. Uh, Johnny Hill also asked about my KD jersey pictures. I've only taken one. I honestly, I have the, the KD jersey and the hat in my truck and it's been sitting in my truck since I've taken that picture. And I just like throw up every time that I see it. So I just, uh, I've had a hard time putting that jersey back on, but I will still deliver. I have two more pictures to take. Maybe one at the uh, the live event, the seven hour pod. I can take a photo with that on. Uh, but I'll, I'll finish. I'll finish the bet. We didn't have a timeline on it, so just leave me yep. alone for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, Honey Badger fifty seven nineteen. Uh, he's basically asking about Deontay Burton. He's he he says that the tenacity and hard nose mindset. He has the tenacity and hard nose mindset that OKC loves. What are the chances he makes the roster? Uh, and then could they wait till the end of the season to let him finish the last 45 games with the squad? And does that allow them to sign someone else in the meantime? Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, why like OKC should sacrifice those 45 days that they have to take a hard look at him? Um, and like give him a contract immediately. I think they can do another two way and then eventually guarantee the contract. Is that right? Yes, I think, yes, they can. And like, I think that they want to have that spot open for trades. They want to have it open for financial flexibility. They want to have it open if they can sign somebody, if they don't make a trade, they, I think they'd rather have the flexibility and then be able to use Deontay if they really need him. I think that he's like the break glass in case of emergency type of of player for them this season that if they don't have any wings that are on their current roster that they trust and they feel like they can trust him to play minutes. I think they go, they let him play, but honestly, like why not just use this season to develop him more and Mm -hmm. see if you can, kind of box his game in a little bit to fit a role that makes sense for the thunder. And then next off season, if you want to bring him on the team, great. Like you can, and you maybe, yeah. let, maybe let TLC go and you bring him in. I mean, there's, there's a lot of possibilities. Uh, I don't, the thunder have him under a contract. I don't see the, the huge rush to get him onto the roster because I, he's like, your. 10th guy if he makes the roster uh, most of the time your 10th guy doesn't play a whole lot and so it's not like they're bringing in a key rotation piece with him and next season he could be I think that there's a possibility yeah. that he develops into that and can maybe fix his shooting and you know he already has the passing and the defense there and he's versatile I don't know like uh, to me just give him the time to develop and give him a ton of minutes with the blue and you know, let him take like a gazillion shots. Yeah, uh, from three especially. Right. Yeah. Yes. See, see what he can do there. But to me, I don't, I don't see the rush on him. I like him too. I do, and I think that, I think that he could make this team, and I think that he could play. But uh, I, th- I think it, it's. I don't see any reason to rush through it. And maybe the Thunder make a two for one trade themselves, where then they open up 
they have two open roster spots, then yeah, like sign them to a minimum deal for the rest of the season. But uh, I don't, yeah. I don't think the Thunder see any reason to do that today. Yeah, I know. Uh, at Thunder Borkula wants to know if you shared your uh, analysis with the Thunder. I am not going to comment on that. Uh, at JK Man 8 if Russ plays one game, uh, talk me out of wanting Schroeder to start at the two guard in a dual point guard one-two punch, a la Harden CP3, with Paul George to give us three playmakers on the floor for ring night and then start in place of Dre who won't be ready in time versus other wings that we have. So basically starting um, Schroeder at the two until Dre gets back. What do you think about that? Well, the Harden CP3 duo is nice on, on, on like it's a nice idea, but we miss like 20% uh, uh, gain from three. Like, these guys, Harden and CP3, are 40% shooters, like r- roughly 40% shooter. Um, Russell and Schroeder, more 30% than that. Um, and so the spacing is not a problem if you have CP3 on the floor. The spacing might be a problem uh, with Schroeder uh, and Russell on, um, on the court together. Um, I'm not against it. Uh, again, I think that they will play together a lot. I'm not sure that starting them is the better way to pair, uh, to, to distribute their minutes. Um, I think that, uh, that Dennis will play like likely 25, between 25 and 30. And the best way to give him those minutes is to stagger almost completely um, him and, and Russ and then play them together. Uh, so there, there, there should be no minutes with uh, Schroeder and, and Russ on the bench together, except if, if it is a, like a blowout. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <clears throat> if you if you have a Dennis as a sub for us, that makes more sense. Or even like bring him in um, for uh, Dre when he goes out. Um, yeah. They're going to play together. Uh, they will yeah, play yeah, together. They will. Yeah, they And it makes sense to, to, to give them reps early in the season. And again, I'm not saying they should not play together. They should play at least 15 minutes together every night. But the rest, like if you if you like assume Russ will play 34, 35, something mm-hmm. like that, um, you have 13 minutes where Dennis will be the leading point guard and to to reach 28, which I think is the um, is more or less what he will play. Um, you have 15 minutes together, which is a very very good amount of time. Yeah, I, I just I just struggle with the fact that they may not guard Schroeder off the ball. And so maybe he hits enough threes to force people to guard him, but I still don't think he has quite the reputation to allow the spacing out there. And he's, yeah. not, he's not a slasher. He's not, I mean, he, yeah. I know that you can make the argument about, like, you know, Andre can't shoot either, but Andre serves a different purpose than mm-hmm. Schroeder does. And so I'm with you. I'd rather have... 48 minutes with a great point guard on the court than trying to find ways to play them more together. Um, all right. We've got to fire through these 
Uh, do you think KJ McDaniels has a shot of making the roster? No, I don't. No. Dakari Sanchez, uh, but I like the idea of him. I think we've all liked the idea of him since we heard Bill Simmons call him Scotty Pippen, but he's not making the roster. Uh, from at Josh underscore Morrison asks us about the 15th roster spot. I think we've answered that question already. We appreciate your support, Josh, uh, for listening and commenting. Uh, yeah, Josh always, is great. We always appreciate you. So uh, thanks for listening. Uh, from at Ben Burke underscore 10, if you could share one meal with Steven Adams, what would it be and why? Um, probably I want to eat some fish to see if he really hits the um, eat the head of the fish or not. So uh, I'll take like a, a whole tuna uh, and he will take probably the most of it, including the head, and I'll take uh, part of it. That is that is what I'll, I'll do. Uh, I take him to a restaurant here in the city called The Ranch. Uh, one of the best steaks that you'll ever have uh, is at this restaurant. I just want to see him just devour multiple steaks. And just enjoy a great meal with him. Uh, last question. This is from at no joy underscore one. <clears throat> Excuse me. The, the question is if OKC could get one of Anthony Davis, Clay Thompson, or Kawhi Leonard this offseason without losing Russ or Paul George, Russ, Paul George, or Steven Adams, and they know this is impossible, but which of the three would you think would push OKC closer to contention? Anthony Davis. Um, I like he is. But let me re reread the name because uh, it's Thompson, Davis, and Kawhi. Uh, Kawhi. No, no, no. It's Davis. It's Davis. He's the better player. Uh, you can put him in whichever condition, like with Steven Adams, without Steven Adams. Uh, he he's an amazing scorer, a great uh, weak side uh, rim protector. He, he's just a top three player talent wise in this league. So yeah. yeah, I agree with that, but I also might lean clay Thompson for several reasons. One, you take him off the warriors. Uh, he's a huge part of what they do. <laughs> he's, yeah. such, he's such a big part of what they do. And so you take him off that team. It leaves them with less firepower. And then two, mm-hmm. If you start Clay Thompson at the two next to Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Patterson, like that's that's like the spacing that is like you just dream of, you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, it would be tremendous. And I want to stop talking about it right now because it'll never happen. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> I don't want to take out Thompson from the Warriors because the like the ultimate uh, accomplishment for this team is to beat the Warriors as they are now. You're right. That's true. That's true. D- Davis would be freaking amazing here Um, his friend with westbrook is going to happen no he loves he loves relationships are a big part of the nba and antonio daniels was talking about this the other day about how that's probably the single most underrated thing in the nba today is the relationships that guys have so i i will i don't think it will happen but i won't say it's like completely impossible that they some someday play together but um it seems it seems impossible today. Uh, McKelly, thanks for coming on the show today. Make sure you're following McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barra. Follow his project at chart underscore side. And be sure to check out the uh, the study that he's done on OKC Dream Team. Uh, that's patreon.com backslash OKC Dream Team. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. You can follow our show at Down to Dunk. 
Be sure to leave us a five-star iTunes review if you have a chance. Uh, We'd really appreciate that. Hope you guys have a great day. Make plans to come hang out with us on October 13th. uh, And also make sure that you're listening to the launch of uh, my radio show on 105.3 here in Oklahoma City on Thursday the 11th uh, from 6 to 8. Have a great Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow with a podcast with Alex Spears, so be sure to download and listen to that as well uh, and make it a great day.